For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to our own 49ers beat writer, Matt Barrows, about where the 49ers stand in the NFC playoff pantheon after a beatdown by the Green Bay Packers at Levi Stadium on Thursday night. The 49ers were ill-equipped to take on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and company, though Richie James exploded for a huge breakout performance, and maybe he's found himself a little slot receiver spot in this 49er Kyle Shanahan offense. All stuff we can discuss with our own Matt Barrows, who joins me next. It's Monday. November 9th. Always fun when we can talk to Matt Barrows about the 49ers. Not fun when we're talking about a 49er loss, but a lot to unpack from Thursday night. Niners lose to the Green Bay Packers. Packers look like they're a uh, poised for another NFC Championship run. And I guess we'll start here. I don't know that a lot of people had the 49ers in that ball game on Thursday night, Matt. It was a bad loss, but you come away just kind of thinking, eh, it was sort of a scheduled loss after all the COVID stuff. Yeah, I mean, it had uh, all the feel of a a preseason game. I mean, if the 49ers had pulled that out, it would have been one of the greater upsets of the season, uh, if not the best, just because they were so vastly undermanned. The Packers uh, trotted out Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. The 49ers countered with Nick Mullins and River Craycraft. I mean, that's all all you need to to really know about what happened. And in fact... Obviously, I'm being facetious. They did have Richie James, and Richie James more than matched Devontae Adams' production. And that's the only reason why the the final score was somewhat respectable, because it could have been a real laugher. The 49ers just had very, very little firepower. Just about every skill position player was either injured or out with uh, on a a COVID list, uh, which, as it turns out, shouldn't have been the case. Yeah, we find out that uh, Kendrick Bourne, two consecutive days following the game then without a positive test. And so you've got all these players who just missed time just kind of for nothing, just for kicks and giggles almost. They weren't uh, they weren't out there. You mentioned Richie James, though. And I think that was the play that sort of surprised everybody, that he had stepped up. And we've seen him in special teams. We've seen him in the receiving game just a little bit. But you look around and you go, okay, Dante Pettis was here until last week. Trent Taylor was supposed to be a bigger factor this year. Do you think this was kind of a breakout situation where we may see Richie James getting a few more touches? I know he's not going to take any away from Debo or from Ayuk or even Kendrick Bourne, but is he carved himself out a little role now, you think? He's at least carved himself out um, the right uh, to compete at some of those spots. I mean, to me, slot receiver has been a missing element this year. I mean, we all thought that, that Trent Taylor would have a really good season and uh, every time it looks like they're going to try to get him involved, he doesn't. I forget how many targets he had, and, and they weren't very good passes, but he just hasn't been able to become part of the offense for some reason this year. You know, Jalen Hurd, that was an idea in training camp, but then he tore his ACL. You know, Juwan Jennings, that was also an idea. He's now on the IR list for, for practice squad. So that they're really searching for somebody to play and play consistently well out of that slot position. And Richie James has had that role in the past. He's never really distinguished himself. But, you know, it seems like there's a real need for it. Nick Mullins, uh, you know, likes to throw in the middle of the field. He likes to do the, the short throws. So if that could become a combination, and you've got Ayuk on one side and Debo Samuel on the other, you got something there. You've got four good receivers um, throwing Kendrick Bourne in there. Whereas it's been one, two, three, zero. I mean, it's been so sporadic this year with all of the injuries. But that's one of the things that Kyle Shanahan said he was hoping for. 
some continuity in the pass game, in the receiving game, over these last seven contests. Well, and I think you got a little bit of that. And Richie James mentioned it after the game and talking about Nick Mullins, that their relationship has been pretty good or that their chemistry has been pretty good. And so I want to talk about him for just a minute. Kyle said he's the starting quarterback. They made an acquisition or they were making a signing to add Josh Johnson, former San Diego product, to uh, to the practice squad, I guess, for more depth. What can you tell us about that move? And then I want to get into the evaluation of, uh, of Nick Mullins from Thursday. Well, the Josh Johnson move was all about COVID, really. I mean, the 49ers uh, just saw this last week, what uh, one positive test can do to your roster. So the thought was that you need somebody experienced, somebody who's been there. Josh Johnson's never been with Kyle Shanahan, but he has been around the league. I think I read uh, on his uh, Wikipedia page, he's been on 13 different teams in three different leagues. This is a a former Sacramento mountain lion. So it kind of shows you how long (laughs) Josh Johnson's been doing it. But the point being is that He's been around so long that you would trust him to be able to come in and run your offense on short notice. So he's going to join the practice squad. He's not a threat to take away the the starting role from Nick Mullins or anything like that at this point. But he is somebody, in case of an emergency, that you you would have on hand. And like I said, the 49ers know full well that that scenario can pop up out of the blue. So having three quarterbacks around, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo's on IR He's not going to be available until mid-December at the earliest. They needed that third guy, and, and Josh Johnson is the perfect third guy to have. Yeah, veteran guys, you said he's played for all, a whole bunch of teams. Sacramento, what did you say? Is it Sacramento Lion? The, no, or? no, no. It's the Mountain Lions, okay? The Mountain Lions. The Molos. And then he was, yeah. he was also in the, in the uh, I think he was in the XFL or in the AAF. He's bounced around. Makes me think of, there's an, a funny line in the movie Basketball where there's a guy saying, And after playing for New England, San Diego, Houston, St. Louis, a year for the Toronto Argonauts, plus one season as a greeter at the Desert Inn, I'm happy to finally play here in the fine city of Miami. Minnesota. Whatever. <laughs> That's probably probably right up Josh Johnson's lane now. So uh, he'll be with the 49ers in the practice squad. But to Nick Mullins and sort of evaluating how he played on Thursday night, like uh, I look at it and I go, yeah, he didn't have the, the weapons that they would have liked to have in George Kittle or in Debo Samuel or Ayuk. He also didn't have the normal offensive line. Hironis Grasso did not start. Dan Brunskill steps in at center and he's like really the – I saw in your piece you called him maybe the sixth option at center since this season kind of got going for the Niners. And then you had Justin School at left tackle and that came back to hurt the 49ers how would you evaluate how he played was it more a lack of weapons or as you said continuity around him or do you think he underperformed oh no I don't think he underperformed I mean I think it was a a Nick Mullins game that's what you get from Nick Mullins he's not going to turn broken plays into 80 yard touchdowns he's not an improviser he's a good quarterback when everything is going perfectly and this was the exact opposite of that this week this was chaos I don't know if any quarterbacks winning in that scenario. But uh, I know that Nick Mullins is going to struggle because he's not a chaos guy. He's a guy that likes to study. He needs to look at the film. He's he's always prepared. So in a week that was topsy-turvy where his receivers were being switched out at the very last second, that's difficult for him. And, and he did a great job with it. I mean, these Richie James numbers are astounding. He's in elite company for a, a 49ers wideout with Anquan Bolden and, and, and T.O. And, and Jerry Rice and things like that. So in that regard, he did a great job. But he's not somebody who's going to adapt well to a broken offensive line. And uh, Justin School, there's no way around it. He struggled in this game. 
and the Packers took advantage. So heading in, I thought that the Brandon Ayuk absence was going to be the biggest thing for the 49ers because this game plan was basically built around Brandon Ayuk. This was going to be a big game for the rookie. It turns out that Richie James stepped into that role perfectly. Justin School, however, did not step into the Trent Williams role perfectly, and that's the one that turned out, I think, to be the bigger issue for this team. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. After evaluating the quarterback situation and the talent around it, I want to look forward here. They get New Orleans, and then they get the bye week. How many players do we anticipate are going to be returning after the bye week? I know we're talking Raheem Mostert can be back. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo on IR. George Kittle likely done for the year. Is there a way with players coming back that they can salvage this season? I know Kyle thinks that they should have played better in that game Thursday. I kind of call it, as I said before, sort of a scheduled loss. But you look at the schedule. You know they've got Washington. You've got a a game against Buffalo. There are some winnable games there. I saw Dante Whitner say that the other night. How do you perceive with the players coming back that this season could play out? A lot of it, I think, comes down to New Orleans. Can they get a win there? And Shanahan said that he hopes to have Debo Samuel back for that game. Jordan Reed will have a a bigger role in that game than he did against the Packers. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk and and Kendrick Bourne and and, uh, Trent uh, Williams will be on hand for that game. So they will have a lot more firepower, still not at full level, full capacity for the Saints. But if they can sneak out a win there, and they should have fresh legs, they'll have 10 days to uh, prepare for that game. <laughs> Some of the guys didn't play at all, so their legs should should be really fresh. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, for example. So let's say they sneak out a win in New Orleans. Then all of a sudden, they're 5-5 five and five going into the bye. And then maybe Ben Garland comes back, and Raheem Mostert is 100%. And you get Jeff Wilson back off of IR. Then you've got something. I don't think the defense is ever going to be great. I think it's going to be a case where if the 49ers did get on a roll and made a playoff push, it's because you know they'd be playing like the Packers. Their offense would have to score 30-plus points a game in order to do that. But I, I think it's capable of doing that. I mean, the running game is the bedrock of this team. And if it can get that going, if uh, Raheem Mostert is breaking off 65-yard runs— That's a scary team to play. I mean, they would be the team that you didn't want to play going down that home stretch. And if they did squeak into the playoffs, Jimmy Garoppolo's back at that point. They have the opportunity to do a little damage. Now, having said that, after watching the Thursday game is is a little ballsy, I guess. But um, I, I think that scenario still exists a little bit. The injuries have really made them just kind of a wild card. I don't mean in, in terms of like playoff positioning. I just mean in terms of which team are you going to see each week. You get the Miami game, then you get the Rams game, and you get the Patriots game, and then you get the game we saw on Thursday against the Packers. But you're right. If they can get a little more healthy, I think that continuity and consistency comes back a little bit. Thanks again, Matt. We appreciate you stopping by, man. And uh, I would guess we'll talk to you in about a month. That's kind of the way this has been going. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Always love talking to Matt Barrows about 49er football, and they've got a tough task ahead this week against the New Orleans Saints. Last year's Saints game was a blast. It was two top teams in the NFC. May not be the case this weekend when the 49ers go back down to the Big Easy to take on Drew Brees and company. We'll see if Michael Thomas will be healthy enough to take on the 49ers as they've had trouble with big-time receivers so far this year. Also, maybe visiting with their old friend, Quan Alexander, and if Emmanuel Sanders is able to go, he'll be in that game as well. All stuff we can discuss later this week 
week, but the 49ers looking to right the ship this weekend down in New Orleans. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you're listening. Drop us a comment. Let us know if there are any Bay Area stories around sports that you would like to hear us cover, and we'll do our best to get to those. Until then, we will talk to you on Wednesday. Enjoy the week.